calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sarah Michelle Galloroff, Buffy the Welcome to We Stand Together, a pop culture academic symposium. Mm-hmm. We are the pop culture professors. We're smart people talking dumb topics. That's right. We are self-proclaimed professors <laughs> of pop culture, but we are actual legitimate real-life college professors. Indeed. In fact, indeed. Like, I, I was up till two in the morning reworking a syllabi, in fact. Oh, that's, goodness. That's my truth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a very tired Lauren Brickman you're hearing. And that is a pretty perky Caitlin Bitsa guy you're hearing. <laughs> well, I don't teach anymore, so... I, <laughs> you are tired. It's summer forever for me. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Even though you may be retired from teaching, you're still a teacher at your at your core, which is why, you know, we do this podcast to to help our listeners become educated in all things pop culture and stand them. So, Caitlin... What is a stan? What is it? You know, it's interesting. A stan is an obsessive or zealous fan of a celebrity, a show, a movie, uh, a brand of cars, maybe? Uh, Something you could be a stan of? Well, what are you standing right now? Right now, I am standing Black is King, a film by Beyonce. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It is on Disney Plus, Mm -hmm. which is kind of odd, but it makes sense because of the Lion King tie-in. Um, it is a visual album for her album, The Gift, which mm-hmm. she released. And someone finally, someone put this on, this is not my original thought, but it made sense of why she voiced <laughs> Nala at all, which okay. if you saw that movie, the quote unquote live action Lion King that was also yeah. CGI, yeah. she, and we love her, but she phoned in that performance. Woo. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe okay. literally, like, I think oh. maybe she just did like a voice memo and to John Favreau and he got it. And he was like, I guess this is fine. Yeah. Um, 
but the album and the visual album are amazing and i okay. think that you know she basically did the movie to get the budget to do this to do this okay and it's really fun and i really love blue ivy in it because something <laughs> i find her charming because she looks like a normal kid Aww. like she's not like a showbiz yeah. feel like you can tell her mom is right off camera every time Aww, <laughs> she's I like, love it. is this good <laughs> so cute and amazing album beyonce is it it's a really yeah. interesting niche yeah she artist. sounds like a cool up-and-coming artist and i can't wait to check her out yeah just uh, just a 90 minute film on disney plus okay i'm gonna check out that 90 minute film on those up-and-coming artists uh well you know what this week i'm 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 actually digging in deep to my education roots this week and i'm standing the colorado springs fine Arts center youth repertory program <laughs> uh which is an amazing youth theater program all the way out in colorado and i was so lucky that my dear friend nathan halverson who's their education director he reached out and asked me to come be a guest artist at their virtual camp and i I'm like still feeling all my feels because last night they had their end of summer like showcase and ah. like looking at all these little musical theater aspiring stars make it work on a digital platform was truly the most heartwarming thing I've ever seen. They edited together a production number from the musical prom that made me cry. It was so cute. They're so cute. And I just love the ingenuity and the creativity and the just like make it work attitude. So I'm shouting out to youth reps specifically, but to all the students and educators and theater practitioners out there that are just like making it happen and making it work right now. It's amazing because there were so many young people who it was just so sweet listening to them all talk about what the program meant to them. And I'm anyways, just shouting out. It it was wonderful. Lauren sent me the prom video. and. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to those kids. You did an amazing job. They're really good singers. They were really good. It was amazing. I, I just can't believe. Anyways, that's what I'm standing this week is musical theater kids doing theater on digital platforms. Very Disney Plus connection, actually, I feel. I think so. We need to introduce these two up and coming groups of artists. Yeah. Maybe they can help each other on the way up. <laughs> But uh, someone we always stand is today's mm -hmm. guest. Yes. You know her from writing on amazing shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, all of her podcasts, including A Funny Feeling with Betsy Sodaro yes. and uh, countless, countless others. Yes. Please welcome <laughs> Marcy Jaro. Hi. How are you, ladies? We Ooh. are good. We're so excited to have you here today. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. I immediately was like, I have to talk about uh, both of these things. One, <laughs> you know, you can't stop a theater kid. A pandemic will not stop a theater kid from performing. There's nothing that can stop them from singing. I Truly. You could put them in a prison camp. They would still <laughs> sing. That's probably and why Shakespeare wrote King Lear. <laughs> when he, he was, he had theater friends that were bugging him. Yeah, like, let's put on a play. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Play. And, and I will be brought to tears every damn time. It's just gonna make me cry. I'm pretty cynical, and then I'm like, nope, I loved it. Whoops. <laughs> um, and then I watched. I too watched Black as King <gasps> yesterday yes. after work. That was my little like post work uh, treat. And I have to say, Jay Z has the strongest genes in the game. <laughs> it is like you took you miniaturized his face and just slapped them all on all of Beyonce's babies. Yes. 
Yes, I feel like even the y- Rumi, the younger daughter, especially. Oh, I Tina Tina Knowles posted, yes. and I was like, "Whoa, that is like fully all Jay Z." There, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And I heard, like, I didn't understand. One, I didn't know that Black is King was a Lion King thing. Although, duh, I should have. I just didn't ever well, look into weird. it. Well, it's weird. I mean, it's it came out a year after the movie. That's because that album was not successful. And she said, do you know what is successful? When I make a visual album, we're going to make your money back. And guess what? I gave them $70 yesterday. So she is smart. Wait, how I got did a, you get? I got a year subscription. Oh, okay, you got uh, the subscription. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha, saved sixteen gotcha. percent. It just makes sense at the, the, the end. The savings are there. The savings <laughs> are there. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, now that I'm a writer, I think I can write every all entertainment off. Right. Totally. Yeah. All yeah. So. Yeah. You need to be inspired by Beyonce. I gotta. So, but I thought yeah. it was very beautiful, and I'm glad that she did recoup their money somehow. I'm here for it. It's yeah, it was it was wonderful. It, it, but the uh, okay, the voiceover sometimes from the movie The Lion King I didn't always need. Um but you know, I love Billy Eichner to death, but it, his presence was surprising. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like we have to have something here. It's called Black is King. So let's get in Billy Eichner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh it, it's perfect. It makes perfect sense for everyone. So yeah. Um so I'm glad that I could be a part of both your standing. I love it. Absolutely. I love it. You're you're a true super stan and something that we know that you're a huge stan of are ghosts and the supernatural. And that's why we're talking about it this week. Yeah. You know, Marcy, we always like to put our listeners at ease by letting them know that we have like the real credentials to be diving into the topic. So, uh, for instance, this week, my credit is that I actually learned the art of writing for television in undergrad under the uh, mentorship of Professor Kermit Frazier, who was, get this, the head writer of the original Ghostwriter. That's right. Oh, yes. The, my my undergraduate thesis advisor was the head writer of Ghost Rider. So I feel like that, you know, by proxy, I am now 100 percent an expert in ghosts. I think so. I mean, did whoever created Ghost Rider just like wake up in the middle of the night with that thought like Ghost Rider? Oh, my I, gosh. I well, Kermit is just like the most brilliant mind in the planet. Like he also produced and created Gullah Gullah Island. Okay. So, like, oh. Kermit just, like, was nonstop great ideas at all the time. So I assume they just, like, fell out of his brain 24-7. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my name is Kermit. I cannot be a craftsman. I have to be a real big thinker. Yeah. I And, and he was. Everything he touched was brilliant. I had a relative named Kermit who was a doctor. And I always thought that must be odd. Dr. Dr. Kermit. Dr. Kermit. <laughs> you know, for his patients. I just, okay. Yeah. I Kermit Frazier is the coolest person I've ever met. Wait so. a minute. I missed it the first time you said it. His full name is Kermit Frazier. Yeah. And he's a, a true badass. And, and he's you, a television writer and it, professor. It wow. And like at his, at his job interview, he was like, um, Kermit Frazier. Yes. <laughs> Kermit yeah, Frazier. Yeah, he's definitely... He's definitely in the witness protection program and just restarted his life in television. Probably, he's probably in hiding just so I will not keep standing him. Like, I still have my my spec script for Ugly Betty that he noted, and I look at it every now and then because I was just like, I love his notes. They're just brilliant. Oh. 
That's so great. Um, but Kayla, what are your credits? Mine are, I'm just going to say less good. <laughs> I was going to say less professional, but I just shifted gears and said good. Um, which less good is sometimes known as the word worse, but mm, mm. I, you know, the main thing I could think was that in my, uh, my elementary school, the the book we would fight over and you'd had to like wait list was more scary stories to tell in the dark um. and you would just be like have your eye on the kid that had it that week you're like when am i getting it when am i getting it i need to get this book and still <laughs> still that cover is quite creepy to me did you, you watch the movie no 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 i did it came out like two years ago or so I think it came out maybe like last September. Oh, okay. Or okay. Something well, like that. last September is two years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's actually two decades ago uh, <laughs> for me. Uh, I. It's a child. It's a children's film. Yeah. And I have never been so scared <laughs> when wow. I got, when I got home from because I saw it in the theater. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did see it in the theater. <laughs> I got home and I was a very scared. <laughs> I, you know, I can't remember the last time I was legitimately scared in a movie. Like, I remember Caitlin and I, we went to go see a horror movie, not The Nun. The Nun and I was like really hopeful it'd be scary, but I think we both fell asleep. But that was bad. It was a bad movie. It was bad. That Well, that one jump scare that they had from the trailer was yeah. scary, but the, just watch the trailer to The Nun is pretty good. Yeah. I don't want you to think that the movie scared me. I got home and internalized 30 years of, <laughs> of thinking about those visuals. And it wasn't even about what Guillermo produced. It was what I had been sure what little kid Marcy read. And then like as an adult was like, God, what if something is in my hallway? Yeah. Wow. I mean, what if I'm open to having a ghost experience? I, I, I you know, if Oops. you say it out loud enough, it'll happen. Oh, okay. okay. Well, okay. I, my other credit that I, I would say is that um, Tim Dunn, friend of the show, is a big uh -huh. believer in ghosts and has tried no. to convince me that uh, I live in a building that was built in 2015 and there was no previous apartment building in this space. But he's like, so many people have died where you live and i was like absolutely not like they can't and we had an argument about it <laughs> that i think i that i think i lost and that's my credit yeah <laughs> well i'm gonna make you both lose the argument and say okay. that i don't know where people i mean i know where they got the notion it's because someone has always told them there's a burial ground here which i have a real big issue with ibgs indian burial grounds it's racist um this <laughs> right, to, right right to always blame it on the people who were murdered and <laughs> sure uh, yeah, sure yeah who's had their land stolen it's like oh mm -hmm. yeah that's who you think is the bad mean ghost okay great um but <laughs> I don't know why people think a ghost has to have, or a person has to have died someplace for there to be residual energy. Okay. Or if you're a ghost, why wouldn't you go see the world? I mean, why not? Yeah. Also, you personally could be haunted. Wow. All great points. All of these so. points, I, I think your your work speaks for itself. I feel like I'm in great hands. I can already feel the credits. But how did you acquire all of this knowledge of the uh, the other side? Um, thank you for asking. I am from Louisiana, and it is there. We go. Creepy, it's a creepy and haunted place. 
You have to learn how to peel crawfish and uh, have a ghost story. So that is just all part of it. Um, and I had parents who believed in ghosts and I um, just always interested. Like that was a thing that we did around the campfire was someone yeah. would tell a scary story mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just always interested in ghosts. Um, and then... In New York, my improv group, Bombardo, to an indie improv group that will not quit. (laughs) (laughs) We have a Zoom every Monday. Um, (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Truly, like we started in 2000 and our first show was in 2006 and we still hang out every week. Wow. I love Um, that. Great improv team. Uh, Aubrey Plaza's on it and she normally is too busy but now she ain't so <laughs> <laughs> jokes on can't, you Aubrey can't be filming anything so um, we would go to like crystal shops and like like want to do like anytime we did like a trip together we'd go on a ghost hunt and then as like when I moved to LA I started having I had I lived in an apartment that was so haunted yeah and I had multiple experiences but I was always interested wow. before but I was just like oh my god God, something is in here. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, due to your expertise, we are going to play a game. Woo! This game (laughs) is called Supernaturalize It. So I I assume you're familiar with TGIF, the iconic sitcom block, Mm -hmm. which started with Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, Full House, just families being families. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that then Sabrina the Teenage Witch kind of created this odd bridge to the future of TGIF, the lesser known years, where it basically became a supernatural block of sitcoms Mm -hmm. with um, You uh, You Wish and Teen Angel. So You Wish was a genie Mm -hmm. show odd Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't do that in 2020 and teen angel is about a guy whose best friend he's in high school dies but they still hang out because he's Mm -hmm. a ghost and an angel there's also a horror episode of boy meets world (laughs) that i think was part of the bridge (laughs) yep and i don't know i think maybe this trend is coming back we've got uh what we do in the shadows you know the good place was you know with it fantastical Mm -hmm. so we're gonna ask you marcy as a television writer and as a supernatural aficionado you're going to help some shows that either are currently running or recently ended. They're brought you in to supernaturalize them. Great. So they're existing shows <laughs> and you're going to add an element of the supernatural. This is going to be so great because it's going to be like how every week a pitch I have is shot down because of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was going to ask if you've ever pitched a supernatural story. I mean, <laughs> Definitely, it has been brought up that, like, what if there were a haunted house? <laughs> like, uh, but I could not take credit for it if it if it did ever appear on Brooklyn Nine-Nine because it, it, it's in the air. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's not going to happen, but it's, it's. I think for a few seasons, people have been like, but what if? Um, <laughs> it will never happen. We'll never. Um. <laughs> okay. All right. Our, our first show is Insecure. Please supernaturalize oh. Insecure. I mean... I can so easily imagine Issa Rae waking up to hearing something like in the middle of the night. Yeah, just the way it's shot so beautifully, and that she could be haunted. But it's really like it's brought on by the stress of right a past relationship. Oh, because you, know, you don't have to be dead to be haunted. 
Oh, to be a that's haunting, a, I should say. Well, that's a great tagline, though. The, like the promo, like for that week's episode. Oh. So yeah, just haunted by a previous relationship. That, that wow. And you know, she managed an apartment complex this past season, and you mm-hmm. mentioned your first LA apartment oh. complex. So <sighs> haunted. So haunted. So those are haunted. I didn't know. Okay. Wow. Wow. Well, not, well, not all, but my apartment was haunted and yeah. Mil- john milheiser and nicole lived there after me they saw ghosts and then a friend lives there now and his roommate has seen ghosts so <laughs> it's haunted well, i've been telling people for years don't move to la because it's haunted so this is all <laughs> this is what i've been That's needing why- every theater is haunted and all of la there you go for sure I knew it. for sure all right. Well, we got another show okay. for you to supernaturalize. Uh, one of a, a fan fave and a personal fave. It recently ended its six year run. But if you could go back, how would you supernaturalize Shit's Creek? Ooh. Um, I mean, if Mora doesn't have something attached to her, then I don't know what. Right. Like, they could just be like, who are you talking to? And she's like, why are you so rude to my friend? <laughs> I don't remember her name, but <laughs> oh, and it could be by one of her outfits that like she has oh, uh, wow. has bought an estate uh, or someone like she got something at an estate sale, and it's a now fabulous. I really want them to do like a Halloween mo- like special movie just for Netflix. Oh, oh my gosh, that I think so that fun. could definitely happen. Also, I'm feeling pretty proud of myself because it's so easy. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> All right, she's on a roll. She's on a roll. The next one is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Ooh, do you know I haven't watched this show, but um, I could easily see. Um, oh gosh, the lady, the Family Guy friend lady. What is her name? <laughs> Oh, Alex Bornstein. I could see her being possessed so easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, just possessed. My gosh. Yeah. And they're like, is that a like and maybe they think she's possessed, but it could be a manifestation of some kind of mental illness that people were not as aware of back <laughs> oh, then. Oh yeah. A little manic episode, you know, something fun to play with. Oh wow. These are wonderful. These, these are wonderful. Before we move on, I have one last question. Now, those are three shows that we picked for you. But, like, is there a show on air right now that you're watching every week? You're like, I hope they're about to go supernatural. Like, is there anyone out there you're like, they're on the precipice. Just go for it. I mean, if Real Housewives of New York, (laughs) if Dorinda's house is not haunted, I don't know what then. If Bluestone Manor is not haunted as hell by Richard's ghost. I didn't even I mean, think about that. Also, like, think water. Water is always associated with hauntings. There's a conduit there when it comes to water because sure. we're all like electrical and our brains are manifesting all these things and we're sending out signals all the time. If Richard doesn't live in Bluestone Manor and crawl into bed with Dorinda every night, then oh I God. don't know what is happening there. That's true. And that's why she never, we never saw John at Bluestone Manor. She doesn't bring any boyfriends no, there. Whoa. Because Richard's there. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I didn't know that. And now I know that because it's a fact. <laughs> wow. Well, we got to take a break because I got about 18 different texts I need to send right now. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be right back. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. 
It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Okay, Lauren has sent 18 texts, and we are back. <laughs> I I am presenting a thesis, you guys, and mm-hmm. at this this topic, this overall, this topic has just been a delight to discuss, but I, I thought it would really be a hollow episode if we didn't talk about ghost sex. And oh. my thesis is pretty broad, uh, but I, it's that sex with ghosts is hot, and <laughs> I wanted to go over some examples from television. Uh, You know, I didn't want to talk about the movie Ghost, though it's hovering over us all the time when when we're thinking about ghost sex. It's really the iconic ghost sex. It changed the Righteous Brothers forever. (laughs) And Clay, Clay, really. Yeah. (laughs) And short hair on women. Yeah. Short hair on women. Whoopi Goldberg being a conduit for your sex. I mean, everything, it changed everything. And I, I just want to say, I know that I'm just focusing on television, but it, we're nothing without that scene. Yes. Absolutely. So I really think, I, I was thinking like, what is hot about ghost sex? Well, it's forbidden. Cause like mm-hmm. you can't have sex with a ghost. Don't do that. No. Mm-hmm. But then in a way it's safer than normal mm-hmm. sex because I, to my knowledge, no one's ever gotten pregnant from ghost sex. <laughs> There's never been an STD. I don't know. You know, listeners DM us if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start to discuss an iconic example, which is Izzy Stevens. Dr. Izzy Stevens from Grey's Anatomy had sex with the ghost of Denny Duquette. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, for those... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, you're going to tell us. So just tell me. I need to know more of this. Yes. So Denny Duquette was a patient of the doctor's uh, who Izzy fell in love with and became engaged to. Played by one of the hottest men, I think, period. I Jeffrey think Dean Morgan. Absolutely. So hot. Absolutely. And if yeah. you're following Hillary Burton Morgan's Instagram, you're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of good quarantine footage of him. Yes. So he is now uh, dating a patient. Never my favorite storyline. Don't enjoy it. Don't enjoy it. Didn't like it when Karev fell in love with Oh, Ava yeah. slash Rachel. We don't, we don't I, like I, I can't with that. But what? But we did like we did like Teddy and her patient. What was Scott Foley's name? Oh, that's name? true. Henry. Henry. Yeah, you're right. We did like that one. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
But it's the exception, not the rule. Filed away. In general, I would vote no if I was in the writer's room, which hopefully I soon will be. Um, <laughs> absolutely nothing at play there, but... It's <laughs> <you know? laughs> so like I have an interview coming up. But like, no, you know, and, 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 and let's be clear. When you are in that room, it's not because you're working there. You've just found your way in. Yeah, you they, don't, they, were, yeah. They, don't, they don't notice I'm under the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it's still pandemic time and yeah. you've snuck onto the lawn. <laughs> yes. This is our time. We should be sneaking into that yes, room and just I'm be in the waiting. writer's room. The writers are not. They're writing it on Zoom. That makes sense. That so makes sense. then Izzy cut the, the iconic cutting of the Elvad wire to help him get a heart transplant to make yes. his heart worse. And then he dies. Uh, she's upset for a while actually some episodes go by i think with no denny content at all but then yeah. he comes back as a ghost mm-hmm. sort of you know asterisks so the sex is really important in this one because <laughs> if you'll remember she thinks i'm hallucinating and he's like or i'm kind of having hallucinated i'm hallucinating memories basically yeah. but he's like but we never had sex in real life so let's have sex to prove that he's a real ghost and they do but it turns out yeah you can hallucinate things that aren't memories i don't know what that was like already like a flaw in the logic denny yeah um because it well, is she made up a rule in her hallucination <laughs> right. so that she's like okay because i need to keep believing this yeah right and yeah. and and the they are she is seeing him unfortunately as a result of the cancer that she has um which is the first and not the last time that Grace will go to the well of one of our doctors is acting different because they have a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they I do mean, go back to that. Law and, and order I, can do it. They can do it. Whoever and I, wants to. And I say rule of threes. Let's see this plot again. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I honestly enjoyed Denny more as a ghost. Agreed. As a patient. He got to stand more. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It was sexier. He could move around more. Mm-hmm. He could have sex. He, he probably you know, had a better mood not dying. He was. Yeah. The ghost he makeup was, was better than the patient makeup. Yes, I think that's part of it. I think he could take off that robe. Robes <sighs> yeah. aren't it. Yeah. Robes aren't it. Um so this brings up one way that ghost sex is hot which is it fulfills unfinished business from life like Mm -hmm. that's that is really completion you know when you are orgasm so many innuendos yeah yeah. it's an it's an orgasm plus unfinished business i mean this is it thank you danny and izzy yes now i'm gonna also talk about (laughs) buffy the vampire slayer which yes now see this is complicated Mm -hmm. because there's lots of vampire sex with both Angel and, well, more with Spike. Yeah. yeah actually, she not has, incredible. Mouth. She only has sex once with Angel. Right. And yeah. that's now, what makes him lose his soul. Correct. Ooh. So there are consequences, but she <laughs> yeah. doesn't get pregnant. It's not mm-hmm. the stuff a teen is usually worried about. Now, does this count as ghost sex? <sighs> not I really. Mean, no. Yeah. No. But... My my co-professor, Lauren Brickman, reminded me mm-hmm. that there is the episode Gone where Buffy is not a ghost, but she is invisible. And invisibility, I think, is sort of sexy uh, yeah. because yeah. because <laughs> it doesn't make him a, doesn't make her a ghost. I'm not saying it makes her a ghost, but it it it's a correlation there because 
if you remember why she turns invisible, it's because the trio have an invisibility rate. Look, they weren't all A plus episodes. Look, guys, they weren't all A plus, and they <laughs> accidentally they have the invisibility ray specifically because they want to make themselves invisible too. <laughs> Because they want to recreate an 80s comedy. Exactly. Yeah. And and we now know that this is um, sexual harassment at a minimum. Yes. But I mean, it's no shock with Joss Whedon at the helm. Thank yes. you. Um, so they were trying to do something sexual. They make Buffy invisible. And then she goes to visit Spike and they have sex. Um, so I feel like the, the important thing there... <laughs> I'm picking up a theme here, Caitlin. And you really like non-committal flings. That's a thing you're into. (laughs) Something you could just dip out on because it's not real. They're dead. They're invisible. You know Mm -hmm. me. That is just my bio. Um, (laughs) But this is interesting because in these first two examples, we know the ghost-like figure they, yeah. they are relationships in so far as they're a known person they aren't a ghost we meet now my third example is is the most canonically having sex with a ghost um and this is a i think pro- maybe out of your guys's niche but mm-hmm. it is on star trek the next generation it is an episode called sub rosa which is it's famously thought of as, as one of the worst episodes of star trek the next generation <laughs> so yikes Um, it is when Dr. Crusher's grandmother dies. Okay. Oh, I'm worried already. First of all, (laughs) be concerned. I'm shaken. For some reason, the whole ship goes to the planet where her funeral was. Now, her funeral, this is where Star Trek is both imaginative and not at all, because there's basically a planet that is Scotland again, Mm -hmm. like a whole planet of Scotland. Again, okay. this writer's room, <laughs> wild. They're like, Scotland planet? Yes. Um, they go for the funeral. She inherits this house. Mm-hmm. Okay, her grandmother's house. And she's in there, like, collecting things. And a groundskeeper, a Scottish groundskeeper, comes and tells her to get out of there. There's a ghost, and you're going to have problems. <laughs> and the okay. ghost tells her to light a candle. Okay. And then this basically like a man like comes out of it. I feel insane. (laughs) Like I feel like I'm pitching this to you guys like I wrote it. I'm just telling you about an episode of television that's 30 years old. Okay. But (laughs) I'm honestly trying to simplify it as a thing. So it's a ghost named Ronan who can kind of go in and out of human form. And he convinces Dr. Crusher to leave the Enterprise and move to the Scottish world house. And there's this one is fully a sex scene where it is just the actress who plays Dr. Crusher, Gates McFadden, who I am actually totally obsessed with, um, basically having to do a solo sex scene. <laughs> it's nuts. So- Okay, and then Captain Picard walks in on her. Let's just also think about that. And this is being watched by Trekkies in the eighties. I was going to ask. I I was trying to do a little side research, really quick, to ask what year. What year did this happen? Ninety-two or three. Okay, because do either of you remember the late eighties film? I think it came out in like eighty-eight 
But do you remember the movie High Spirits? I was just about to yes. talk about High Spirits with the ghost yes. with the big dick with warts. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because I was like, what was going on in the late 80s, early 90s? Because like, it was like. Beetlejuice. Oh, I could say full, it two more times. Yeah. There's a lot. Full on. Mm-hmm. We're having sex with ghosts in, in that time period. Like, because yes. as you're describing this episode of. It, it's like, it doesn't seem that weird when you think about what else was being produced at the time. Right. You know? And I, my one very unsexy counterexample is also in Ghostbusters 2. It's implied that Dan Aykroyd oh, yeah. had sex with the, the like, whatever the stuff uh, is. That is. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just like, what? Which isn't a ghost. A succubus is like uh, a, a, a demon entity. Um, right. So. Noted. Different. Noted. It's different. Um. <laughs> It's have you ever seen the painting The Nightmare? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, a woman. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This little yeah. gremlin sitting on her chest, and then there's a horse head, and it's like, yeah. It's <laughs> um well, just, just to sum up, it turns out Ronan had been had been haunting generations of Dr. Crusher's family and <laughs> having sex with different female members of her family. Ew. Yeah. Aww, and that's you know, it, it connects you to the past. That that's one thing about ghost sex. Like it or or not, it, it connects you to the past. That's and my sometimes- least favorite thing is when people have sex with multiple family members. I hated the family stone because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I agree. It, it, there there is something yeah. I don't it's, like that. And I really don't like incest. That's like my two things. I'm well, not into. I'm just not into incest. And if you are fine, whatever. But like, I don't like it. Yeah. We, like, Marcy, we don't stance. like incest. No, Marcy, whatever. You guys, don't I don't want to sound like if you feel embarrassed because I'm saying I don't like it. But if you like it, that's fine, Caitlin. But I, you know, I, do I, not I, I, like I, it. I just I don't think, think it's a controversial opinion. Yeah. No, we're, we're firm, <laughs> firmly on your side. I agree, except for Seventh Heaven. I think it's fine that Robbie dated both the girls from Seventh Heaven. Oh, <laughs> oh! When you're dating women, it doesn't matter if it's in the family. That's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, women. That's like fine. biblical, right? <laughs> you're allowed oh, yeah, to. Yeah. Um. So those are just three examples. Um. Of of how ghost sex operates and is just strangely hot. I <laughs> yeah. apologize to no one. Can I? <laughs> I don't want to go on a full sidebar about this, but do you remember a few years ago there was a news article and even some interviews with a woman who was married to a pirate ghost, a 300-year-old pirate ghost? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, we interviewed yeah. her on the show. <gasps> we had her wow. on. Uh, not one of our more fun ones because we have more fun when comedians yeah, come sure. on. And it's really hard to, I don't know, like uh, be not rude be yeah sure sure the grace you need to talk to someone who tells you that they have married a pirate ghost who Mm -hmm. inspired captain jack sparrow um you are also a a jack sparrow impersonator ma'am you're one of the few female (laughs) (laughs) captain jack impersonators in fact you changed your name legally to sparrow (gasps) so i'm starting to see some connective tissue there but she did talk about she had sex with her husband and wow and it was great it was great it was really good they had a good sex life uh yeah until you know things started to deteriorate once they got married you know, um, you know she was the first person he'd married in 300 years like ever like wow. he'd never been married in life so just a lot of commitment to put on a ghost too yeah, it's, it's a, been like it's a george Clooney thing yes yeah. <laughs> um, um anyway yeah sex 
Well, yeah, I, I guess, Caitlin, I'm on your side. I do think it's weirdly hot, um, but I do wonder why we, why, I, I think you just, it brings up a great conundrum of why it was so popular in a certain, in such a specific era in pop culture. I think I'm just brings, curious about that. brings up a, a bigger issue with why it can't be popular now, and I think mm. it's an issue of consent. Right. Uh, right. It's really hard. I mean, you can, like, we saw Izzy consenting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At, at, but it is like a weird thing like people used to believe that like wet dreams or whatever are yeah you know nocturnal emissions that that right. is sex with a ghost right but it just is happening to you so it's right. like right it's a dicey area me too era you know post me yes. too and i actually read two different summaries of the buffy episode gone mm-hmm. and when she approaches spike keep in mind she is invisible mm-hmm. um she like touches him and one article so, or like I think on the Buffyverse wiki they summarized it as like she tickles him or something and on the Wikipedia like true one it was like she sexually assaults Spike. <laughs> it was like yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. It, that one is probably updated more recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. A lot to think about. Uh, but if you go to bed at night and say, "Come and get me a big ghost," <laughs> then then that's fine. You've you've covered your bases. There you go. Well, uh, I think we're gonna take a quick break because I'm gonna paint a welcome home banner for the ghosts and let them know <laughs> that it's okay. And we'll be right back. All right. I'm really proud of the banner I just painted. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm feeling really good about it. Um, yeah. I'm also feeling really good about this game we're going to play right now. Uh, I'm pretty pumped, Marcy. I, I know you're a true believer, and I also know that you are a pop culture expert. So I wanted to play a little game today to test your knowledge of who in Hollywood is like you, a true believer. Okay. Um, and in doing preparation for today, I actually found an amazing article that had compiled all the research I needed already. So we shout that. out to People.com and author Lydia Price for the article, 23 Celebs Who Have Had Actual Ghost Encounters. Exciting. <laughs> uh, don't worry, listeners. We will be sharing the link to that article on our Twitter. Um, but the name of today's game is called Boo Who? Uh, I'm going to read you excerpts from 23 celebs who have had actual ghost encounters, and I want you to guess which celebrity these ghost encounters are about. So, Marcy, are you ready to guess boo-hoo? I cannot wait. (laughs) All right. Celebrity ghost encounter number one. This star believes she received some support from the ghosts of Ted Bundy's victims while preparing to take on the role of the infamous killer's ex-girlfriend. Oh, boy. I wish I'd watched that Zac Efron movie, but I didn't. <laughs> so I don't know who it is, but I bet that's who it is. It is. It is the actress who played his wife in that film, or girlfriend in that film, uh, Lily Collins. <gasps> okay, I know Lily Collins. Yeah. Maybe, possibly. I could probably pick her out of a lineup. <laughs> sprinkled in some men, too. And if she uh, was right next to Phil Collins, and he's yeah. pointing to her saying, this is my daughter. <laughs> but... Uh, I was fascinated because apparently she told The Guardian in an interview, she said she was woken up by flashes of images like the aftermath of a struggle every night at exactly 3.05 a.m. while filming. 
She said she discovered that 3 a.m. is the time when the veil between the realms is the thinnest and one can be visited. Collins then went on to say that she didn't feel scared. She felt supported. Like people were saying, we're here. We're listening. We're here to support you. Thank you for telling the story. Oh, wow. I thought that was kind of interesting. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well. Got to prep. (laughs) You got to prep. I was thinking, I was like, man, when I book a role, I want ghosts to come and help me. That'd be fun. Right? I'd be like, totally. I'm a study buddy. Yeah, and yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to celebrity ghost encounter number two. One of the stars of the TV show Pretty Little Liars once revealed to the magazine Hollywood Teen Zine that she has a ghost in her house, explaining that her coffee maker once came on by itself at 1 a.m. Lucy Hale? A hundred percent correct. <laughs> now that one's flimsy. <laughs> I Porsche. love this. Is she going to have really old wiring like I do? <laughs> I know. I loved everything that she said in this. She was like, the coffee maker turned on once, doors sometimes close, sometimes lights turn on, and my dog barks a lot. And I was like, well, I love this. I mean, I mean, maybe. I could see it all, yeah. Okay. Well, amazing I, job. A hundred percent. In quarantine, uh, my husband, Eric, asked me, he was like, why, what are you going to do with these toothpicks that have been on the counter for now months? And I was like, <laughs> I thought they were yours. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And I was like, I never used toothpicks. Like, I don't know why they're here. So I think we've had a ghost come and bring us the strangest, most innocuous gift. <laughs> No, I forgot to tell you. Instacart orders. Confession: (laughs) Even though it's a pandemic, I've been secretly letting myself into your apartment, just leaving you little. (laughs) That is true, as the listeners know. She can walk in. She has a key, and she's been. How you snuck in when two people are in a seven hundred and fifty square foot apartment? I don't know, but well, I'm a ghost. You know that thing that like. Urban legend that is also true uh, that has happened in New York and other big cities that have apartment buildings um, of someone hiding in part of the apartment. Yeah. Oh, scary, scary, scary. Um, really bad thing to have during a pandemic, though. You don't yeah. want another person around. No. <laughs> no. Ghost only. No. That's yeah. truly my worst nightmare. All right. I, let's get on to celebrity ghost encounter number three. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see. I think you'll know this one. Uh, this mega this mega star said during a twenty five t- this mega star said during a twenty fifteen visit to the Tonight Show that she believes in ghosts, so she downloaded a ghost app. She believes that spirits can tap into technology, and according to this young star, the app has detected otherworldly presences around her. Boy, the other ones were great because they had context clues. <laughs> I just love that that there's an app for for like I love the idea that this app you could download could tell you whether or not you're surrounded by a ghost and I love her for thinking that it works. Oh man, I, who could it be? I'll give you a hint. They're more okay. a musician than any or and more of a singer now than anything else. Okay. And she said that the the proof that the app was working was that one time she was in a venue before a concert and it said people um it started saying the name of people in her life. <laughs> Is it Miley Cyrus? <laughs> she was on this list of 23 celebrities, but this is not her, though it's very... You're in the ballpark. Okay. Should I keep guessing? <laughs> I, I feel you get two more guesses. 
Um. Uh. Oh boy. Uh. Katy Perry. <laughs> Close, but not quiet. You got one more. Okay. Gosh. Ba 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 ba. Oh. Oh. Mm, I don't know, Lady Gaga, but I can't think of it. Yeah. Selena Gomez. I don't know. I just thought okay. it's really adorable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She seems like yeah. The app. <laughs> yeah. I just love that the that she's convinced the app works because it said people's names in her life, and I'm like, but it's attached to your phone. It probably knows all the names of people in your life. Oh God, yeah, duh, duh. I, <laughs> I just it made me laugh. Now, I I once went on a ghost tour in Jerome, uh, Arizona, which is a, a old copper mining ghost town, and. We, my group of friends, we were like sitting outside in this like cemetery outside of a church and the guy had this, uh, it's called a ghost box, but it like scans radio signals Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. and so like it never like lands on a station, but every now and then you'll hear words like across the scan and it kept saying one of my friend's names uh, but she also is a semi-famous actress. could be uh-huh. a ghost or it could be very clear that you are on a hit television show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so oh, funny. I love it. All right. We got one more uh, celebrity ghost encounter for you. This one of all 23, I don't know why this one just tickled me the most, uh, but this, this, this is an iconic movie star. Mm-hmm. And they were on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, several years ago and shared a story from their childhood that he says uh, filled him with wonder and filled his nanny with terror. And according to this iconic movie star, he was probably around six or seven years old when he'd come home from Australia. He was at his family's apartment in New York when Renata, their nanny, in a bedroom uh, and and he was in a bedroom with Renata and his sister who was asleep. And he says, "My Renata was sitting over there. I'm hanging out. And there was a doorway. And all of a sudden, this jacket comes waving through the doorway. This empty jacket. And there's no body. There's no legs. It's just there. And then it disappears. Now, I feel like you're doing an impression. So <laughs> I should be able to figure Not a very... Out. Good one, but I was trying. But but there is, but the but the there, yeah the rhythm of 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 how he told the story is a big part of who he is. Oh boy, uh, I I know this is wrong. I'm going to say Mel Gibson, but I think that's absolutely incorrect because of the whole like sugar tits thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I totally believe that Mel Gibson believes he's seen uh, ghosts, but I I will say I will never willingly bring him up on the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Then, but he's Australian. It makes sense. Yeah, it just makes sense. I totally get it. Oh, gosh. Keith Urban. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I would love Keith Urban, too. Um, it's Keanu Reeves. You know what? You were doing at Keanu Reeves. I just did not know he was Australian. <laughs> and he's I was going to guess. Okay. I, think, I think they were just on a vacation. But for some reason, the Australia thing was important for him to mention. I think part of the reason I was I'm not surprised that he's had encounters with ghosts this makes no, perfect he's sense perfect in every way I love everything about yeah. him so of course just, he has ghosts <laughs> I have been a Keanu fan for as long as I can remember and I didn't know he was the kind of per- I didn't know he grew up with a nanny that might be why he gives away all of his money when that he <sighs> makes from movies it now and makes sense I didn't realize that I the never nanny's that. name being Renata I 
like that he got my the whole rich woman from from uh, <laughs> yeah, big, big little, little lies, lies. yeah to be, to yeah not not be rich <laughs> i now have i've always been fascinated to be by keanu but now i have so many more questions i want to know about the sister i want to know about renata i want to know why they were traveling from australia to their apartment in new york like what I need to know everything about his life now is what I realized when I read but this. That really does like help me understand why he, g- he does give away like all of his money from movies. And it's like, oh, you're already rich, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you think about sometimes the super wealthy have that aloofness because like yeah. what what's there to be concerned about? So that's, totally. It also makes you know, sense why he chose to make some of the movies he's made because it's like, whatever, I'm chill. Like, because there's a couple of movies where I'm like, what are you doing, bro? And it which feels one? like you're there's one um i can't remember what it's called it's actually not terrible but it's like this teeny bopper movie where he just kind of like he's in the very beginning and very end and he's kind of like it you can it feels like he's just lending himself so the movie could get made like it feels like he showed up to set like and i feel like i've seen him do that a couple times where i'm like oh i feel like you you also do charity being like oh i'll help you get this get made like i'll show up to set for a day you know what i mean seems delightful well he's great um always be my maybe too He's so like funny he in that. lent his celebrity, you know. Yeah, like he seems very giving. Anyways, I, I think him. I forgot how thirsty I am for Keanu, and this yeah. reminded me. The lake He's house great. is kind of, <gasps> kind of super. It's not ghosts, but it's not ghosts, but there's it's has a fantastical yeah. element. It's fantastical for sure. <laughs> I was just gonna say Keanu is someone I would love to see in a ghost sex scenario. That's all I was gonna say. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. but you know what? There's an element that's too sad because of his ex fiance who was pregnant with his child who died. <gasps> oh, oh. So might so be a little too be. close. It can never be. Close. Yeah. Damn. Oh. Or maybe it's healing. I don't know. Wow. You let us wow. know, Keanu. Yeah. You let us know. If you want to, we support it. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Uh, I, my favorite thing about him is that he dated Diane Keaton briefly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yes. do love that. I love that, but mm-hmm. like um, the aloofness factor between the two of them, like I nothing mean, must have gotten done. I mean, they probably uh, didn't even know they were dating sometimes. They're like, <laughs> they like forgot oh. to eat. <laughs> oh my God. Puttering that- around, both wearing gloves sometimes for no reason. <laughs> yeah, the wardrobe <sighs> could be exactly the same. So many flowing overcoats. <laughs> That's a wardrobe. I would if I could steal anyone's like style, it would be I would I want I want her clothes made in my size. I want Diane Keaton's clothes for me. I want Oh it. yeah. I love it. She's great. She's, well, she's an icon. Well, great job, Marcy. Those were those were some strange questions. I think you did great. Thank you. Thank you. It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you're an expert. I wanted to put I wanted I didn't want to make it too easy, you know? I appreciate it. It shows respect. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, all right. It's it. The time has come for me to reveal my thesis today. And I'll be honest, what I set out to write and what I ended up writing are two completely different things. I, you know, my head was in the ghost writer world and I was convinced, you know, ghost writer has a reboot and I, I was going down that tunnel. And then in preparation for this, I remembered Beetlejuice and I remembered that Beetlejuice has always been like my it was my the first movie that I called my favorite movie right like yeah, that was the yeah. first movie that I loved and my thesis today though isn't about how much I love Beetlejuice it's about the fact that I feel personally pranked by Beetlejuice 2 <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm I don't even know what Beetlejuice 2 is <laughs> well Beetlejuice 2 is the longest running joke and it's getting mean because here's the thing 
All right, before before I dive into why Beetlejuice 2 is a prank, for those who are listening who don't remember, Beetlejuice was a 1988 American fantasy comedy film directed by Tim Burton that revolves around a recently deceased couple played by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, who become ghosts haunting their former home. And an obnoxious, devious poltergeist named Beetlejuice, portrayed by Michael Keaton from the netherworld, who tries to scare away the new hit inhabitants who are played by Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, and Winona Ryder. It's important that I think our listeners know Beetlejuice was both a critical and commercial success. It grossed $73.7 million from a $15 million budget. Ooh. It won the Academy Award for Best Makeup. It had three Saturn Awards. It was successful and ended up spawning an animated TV series, video games, and a 2018 stage musical. Okay. So I think that context is important because... It was so successful in 1988 that immediately the studios started clamoring for a sequel, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted a sequel. There was like, there's, you know, trade gossip from from day one was like, we're getting a sequel. Now, cut to a couple years later, in 1990, Tim Burton actually commissioned the the British playwright and uh, screenwriter of Mars Attacks, Jonathan Gems, to write a sequel. And it is common public knowledge that the concept for the original sequel was oh. <laughs> Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Oh. And, <laughs> and allegedly the story oh, no. the story was supposed to follow the Dietz family moving to Hawaii where Charles was developing a resort. They were soon to discover that the company was building on burial grounds racist mm-hmm. and that the spirits come back from the afterlife to cause trouble and beetlejuice becomes a hero by winning a surf contest with okay. magic i do like that part okay <laughs> now here's the deal both keaton and Ryder agreed to do the film but their condition was that burton had a direct but then Burton got Batman Returns and cast Keaton in Batman Returns. And so they they dropped Beetlejuice 2 to focus on Batman. Wow. So this is 1990. This is this is an epic, like, That's journey. That's the next year. I mean, yeah. They were ready to strike. They were ready. God, so they ni- must have been so hungry for money. They, like, bought a house that was a little too out of their a price little range. little much. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Yeah. They were like, let's do it. Okay. So that was 1990. In 1991, they dropped. Jonathan Gems, and instead they hire Daniel Waters to do a rewrite because Daniel Waters had um, done Heathers and apparently Tim Burton really liked Heathers and said, let's give this guy a chance. It doesn't work out. So in 1993, they hire Pamela Norris of Troop Beverly Hills and Saturday Night Live to do a rewrite. Amazing. It doesn't work out. Three years later, in 1996, they try to hire Kevin Smith, but he turns it down. And Kevin Smith has a lot of hilarious little, like, glib responses about how it was going to be a cash grab and it was stupid and whatever. So then it gets really quiet for, you know, almost a decade until 2011. In 2011, the screenwriter, Zeth Graham Smith, who he's collaborated with Burton on a couple different things. He gets all hot and bothered about this. And he, he convinces the studio um, to give him a shot. He gets permission to write a treatment. Burton says he's interested, but won't sign the papers. So for about a year, this is going on. And in 2012, apparently, Seth Graham Smith and Keaton begin serious talks. And Michael Keaton Hmm. 
starts to say he's on board. In 2013, Winona Ryder starts hinting in the press that she's also attached. Because she needs it. She needs it bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this in is 20- before Stranger Things, too. This was pre-Stranger Things. So then 2015, Seth Graham Smith announces to the trades, I think even Deadline like published this and everything, that the script is finished and that Burton was attached and that Keaton was attached and Wood Reiner was attached and that by the end of 2015, they would be filming. Cut to the year 2017, they hire Mike Vadigunovich. I can't pronounce his name. I'm so sorry, Mike. But they hire another writer to rewrite the script. And then in 2019, Warner Brothers Studios announces it's been shelved. Mm, mm, mm. But here's the thing, and here's why I feel like this is a prank. It is still, it's a credit on Tim Burton. It's the top credit on IMDb for for Tim Burton. Like, he hasn't removed the credit. Why is he doing that? Like, Well, maybe someone else added it because they know about it. Like, other people can contribute to your IMDb. You can. I just wonder, like, it's been there for a minute. Like, is it just that people are being aggressive and they keep adding it? Is it that he doesn't care? Like... Why? Because I feel like it's interesting because even though the WB has, or not the WB, (laughs) that's high hopes, but even though Warner Brothers announced it was shelved, there's still all of these rumors circulating and all, and I don't know if it's just because the fans want it or if, what do you think? I know who should do it. I mean, I think Tim Burton would probably be fine, but Guillermo Guillermo del Toro should do it. Oh, wow. So a totally different... Yeah, it should be... Well, because I love Pan's Labyrinth so much. And I love the way it looks. I love everything. And I loved Mama and... Mama? Or is it Ma? Ma? Ma. 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 I love Ma. um, And I think he could do it in a way that... A little darker comedy, maybe? Maybe even... I think Guillermo could be funnier than he is. Sure. Um, He likes comedy a lot. Yeah. He he likes my show. Um, (laughs) But I think he could, you know, add elements of comedy. But I think I would love to see what he does with it as director. Wow. But then then would it be a reboot or a sequel? A reboot. Okay. Oh, you know who else I love is Drew Goddard, who did Cabin in the Woods with Mm, Joss Whedon. But yeah, Drew has a a very amazing career. I used to babysit for him. He's very nice, too. Wow. And he's really, really funny um, and is so good at that fantastical horror supernatural genre. And I think he could do a great job. Well, because I think that's the hard thing for like, it's like if you want a sequel, you want Michael Keaton. And I don't mm-hmm. think Michael Keaton's going to do it with anyone Unless but Tim Burton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a different project. So we'll have one. Marcy will write the script and then shop it to directors. Either for the reboot. For Honestly, the reboot. I, ha- I okay. can get it to Drew. I can drop it at his house. So, so. she'll meet with <laughs> Drew and also <laughs> Del Toro. <laughs> I could get to him too, I think. I think I, I love so. <laughs> I think that's... We've already got Marcy writing that. So who yeah. should who should write a sequel? Like, let's scrap anything that's been written before. Oh, that's fun. Who should write the sequel? Um, Like, how do we actually get a true sequel made? Because at this point, I just feel like they've been my this has been my entire life. like Almost my entire life. They've been telling me they're going to make a sequel. And you need Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Do you need Winona Ryder as Lydia Dietz? Do you think at this point? Personally, personally, she could be the new parent. Yes. Personally, I do. 
I do need her. Okay. I, I need her. Do you want to see Gina Davis? Yes. Would That's like tough because to- she's got to be a ghost looking the same. Uh, I, I, I don't need Gina Davis only because I love Gina, but I don't love Alec. And I feel like you have, you have to have Alec if you have Gina. So like I can say goodbye to Gina. So I don't also, we could Alec. imagine that they went on to better things. Those, yeah. those you know. They're, yeah. they, they don't need to be part of the story for me. Winona I feel like does. maybe Winona. I feel like Catherine O'Hara like lives with her. A hundred percent. I need Absolutely. Catherine O'Hara. She <gasps> takes care of her. She takes care of her, yes. Wait. Yes. This should be Dan the... Levy rated. <laughs> that was just going to say. How weird would that collaboration of a Dan Levy and Tim Burton collab be? Is that too weird? Does it work? I don't know. Did I Might get excited? Work. You know what? I think we could pitch it to him. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's get his agent on the horn. I think we could pitch it to him. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, we'll work on gathering the. Well, I'll start like a PowerPoint presentation for when we when Marcy sets up this meeting. But Dan Levy, we're coming in hot and we're coming in bothered because I am thirsty for Beetlejuice too. Also, if anyone else has other pitches for celebrities, let me just say this: most of them do check their replies. They just do. <laughs> Because they're home alone point. and they're bored and they want to get mad at people or maybe they filter so they don't have to see mean stuff. But like they see it. So you're telling me that every time I've responded to Shimu Lee um, on Twitter and he hasn't responded, he it's not because he hasn't seen my messages. He's just actively choosing not to respond. I think it it dilutes the celebrity the 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 mystique if you respond to everyone okay okay um but if you pick and choose then it feels special yeah also just a quick reminder when you say something shitty about a celebrity they will see it and you will make them have a worse day and there's no reason (laughs) to do that there's no reason to do that don't tag people don't add them anyway it's true i love it well this has been such a delight. I feel like I've I've you've given them a lot of food for thought and also, we're gonna make so much fucking money. Can I say that? I'm not <laughs> even looking up. We're gonna make no. so much money off all of our ideas today. Uh, so many. I feel richer already. I feel like I'm gonna open up my Chase app and suddenly it's gonna just say you're fucking billionaire. You're I'm so excited to work for Issa Rae as one of the <laughs> I think the first white writer on the show. I'm so excited. For the supernatural. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for the Shit's Creek Halloween special we're all going to get hired that's for. Genuine, that's so good. We're oh, giving yeah. Dan Levy so much work this year. And, and you know the thing is, he doesn't have enough, so he really needed us to do this I think he's pretty bored. Yeah, yeah. He's he was bored fading. Guy. Quickly fading is what they yeah. were saying about yeah. him. <laughs> His star was on the drop, and we're going to rise it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Resurrecting. We're, we're, we're the ghost. The ghost. <laughs> the ghost of Dan Levy was haunting us. So we have resurrected his career. Congrats to Dan. Um you can wow. thank us later. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like before we go, just really quick, I'd love to know I know we've already touched on it, but I thought Caitlin, you brought up such a great um point earlier with how hot ghost sex can be and i Great. can't stop thinking about it so last final wishes for celebrity uh storylines where we see some ghost sex that we want to see in television or or you know just any medium or like what just it- or just celebrities we hope we're having <laughs> sex with ghosts you know whatever your heart wants to answer 
Oh, gosh. You know, I'm going to say this. If it's just celebrities having sex with ghosts, I hope Greta Garbo and Kristen Stewart are hooking up sometimes. Oh, That's a great one. I love that one. Yeah. Well, now with this twist, I might have to, I think I have to change my answer. I think Diane Keaton should. (laughs) I feel like a ghost would be very compatible but it has to be a, a someone who died young like yeah. uh, um uh, james, james dean, dean. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god well or river phoenix uh, oh she my likes, gosh she likes the youth river <laughs> phoenix and diane keaton the hottest celebrity couple going yes <laughs> wow i love that but no wonder wa- she'd pick like Michael Jackson because she loves a bad guy. She loves That's an actual true. pedophile. That's true. <laughs> oh no. You know who I hope is having ghost sex? Because a celebrity that uh, you know, we read her memoir in the We Stand Virtual Book Club, and she's been on my mind a lot ever since. But I hope Demi Moore, Queen of Ghost Sex, I hope she's having real ghost right. sex. That's a great oh. point. You know, she's sober now, so <laughs> maybe she is, maybe she isn't. You know, she's got that carpeted bathroom that she's dealing with, so I hope she's got some oh, a bad ghost idea. sex happening. <laughs> oh, put carpet in your bathroom. <laughs> it's going to get wet. She'll be haunted by those bad decisions. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right. Demi, I hope you're having some good, good, good. <laughs> awesome well marcy for everyone who wants to stand you where can they follow you and all of your amazing podcasts oh boy uh well you can find me on instagram marcy lane too i don't really do much um but <laughs> i do have a bunch of podcasts i have one we were talking about earlier funny feeling with betsy sidaro where we uh currently we're just reading listener uh stories which is so Ooh. fun but if, in our back catalog, you can see a lot of fun comedians and celebrity type people and the the ghost merrier lady um, <laughs> talking about haunted things. Uh, I have one called uh, Kardashianit about all things Kardashian. Yes. We're very busy lately. Um, yes. <laughs> hosted with Jessica Jardin. Um, also, the Kardashians, big. they're haunted by Robert Kardashian yes. Sr. Um, oh, I have many thoughts on that. Yeah, they're constantly haunted by him and talk about yes. him all the time and chloe's like goes on she goes on medium shows and all kinds of stuff oh, so yeah and then my last one is called 90 day bay it's on only on patreon it it's a me and nicole buyer talking about 90 day fiance we watch 400 hours of television and we can recap it <laughs> amazing and thank you for your work thank you for your thank service. you thank you okay, you are you're doing the work you're doing the work in these times we need it yes yes absolutely we do. Well, this has been wonderful. And, oh, I uh, watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm sorry. Give oh. me some residuals. <laughs> you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you Yeah, fools. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, this little show, it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this has been a delight. And to our listeners out there, if you aren't already, make sure you're following us at We Stand Social on Instagram, on Twitter. And don't forget, you can always email us, WeStandSocial at gmail.com. Yeah, and it's, it's free to leave a five-star review. It's totally free to leave a review. This week also, only, it's free. Yeah. Also, this week, if you don't, if you have a negative review, you can just think it and not listen anymore. That's true. You don't have Great. to leave it. <laughs> and you can also just like, even if you don't have anything directly related to the show, like if you want to email, I can use some pen pals. Um, oh. 
you know, I've been in my bedroom for a long time now. And uh, well, you have that ghost banner now. So I think you, you're yeah. soon going to be having a party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I uh, forgot. Uh, what am I still doing? I got to go, guys. I got to go uh, turn, close the blinds and hope this party gets started. If you don't put on a tattered wedding dress right now, you're barely going to have any fun jilted uh, love affairs. <laughs> yeah, you have to pick which one of the many that you own. <laughs> you can either wear a white dress, a red dress or a blue dress. And those are the only options. <laughs> oh, so many choices. All right. Well, this has been a delight. We've been We Stand Together, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.